0: I wish that I would have not been so afraid. I Mm. think fear held me back so much. I mean, even now, of course, I have like doubt and insecurities around the type of content that I share. But before that, even last year, it's not that I wasn't sure what to share. It was more about imposter syndrome. I'm Jo Chan-Yan. And I'm He, and we are two brand designers who met on Instagram, and now we are great friends.
1: We can't get enough about nurturing your brand and your mindset when it comes to building a conscious, vision-led business.
0: We love honest conversations and digging deep into the things that contribute to your path in making a positive impact in the world.
1: Hello and welcome to the Brand Journey podcast.
0: On today's episode, we are going to talk about a few things we wish we would have done sooner in our business. Now, we're calling these mistakes, but we do both believe that mistakes help us learn and grow and that there's really no way to avoid failure. We welcome that, especially when growing a business, as it comes with lessons and insights on how we can improve and grow. But avoiding taking action in certain ways, such as investing in our business or creating content, can actually keep us from growing. We are going to be diving into four things we both didn't focus on when we started our businesses and talk about why, what stopped us from taking action, and what we learned from putting these things into practice and the impact that it made in our business once we actually did. Hopefully, if you haven't already taken action yourself in any of these, we can encourage you to do so in this
1: episode. So, here we go. Let's dive in. Great. So, the first mistake we wanted to cover is not investing in our business or brand early on. So, Donaghy, do you want to speak a little bit about um, how you've Gone through like investing in your business and why that was maybe a mistake that you've made that could have could have reduced some of the pain (laughs) around growing your business.
0: Yeah, I actually was thinking about this and I thought the mistake for me that I made it wasn't that I didn't invest in it sooner because I actually did have uh, coaches at the beginning. So I I came from working at a small studio, a boutique studio in San Francisco, and I transitioned to doing freelance from work, from home. And from there, I started working towards a side business on doing stationery. And when I started doing that, I did hire, like I went through a coaching program. And that really helped me from like, basically branding yourself And figuring out your ideal client and all of those things. But I was so confused also then. I wasn't even sure if that's what I wanted to do. My mistake was I think I invested in the wrong at the wrong time. Mm. Also, perhaps later, even on the wrong person. I right. thought that I needed a specific something and I thought that I that by hiring this coach that I hired, that I was going to get to a better place. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I hadn't really thought about my outcome. So I was kind of hiring this person without even thinking of what I wanted to accomplish. I think that was my mistake. I didn't really think about my outcome, my goals. I made a mistake of hiring coaches To help me with a business
1: that I wasn't even sure I wanted in the first place. Mm, Yeah. And I think that's a common mistake that a lot of people make right at the start is because we're hoping that the coach will be able to create almost like a full plan for us to build our businesses without really understanding what it is that we want at the start. So I feel like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, we need some sort of idea around whether that's going to be the right thing for us, and a coach can help bring additional clarity to that and help you build the plan once you've got that some sort of clarity that you want to move forward mm-hmm. for. Um, I think for me it was also investing maybe Too little in my business early on. Mm. Uh, This has been a really interesting one because I feel like for a lot of people in business, we are scared to make a big investment. So investing big in our business is so scary, um, especially when it comes to something like brand strategy or coaching or even hiring out a team to work alongside you. These could be things that we think, oh, only successful businesses do this. So once I hit five figures, then I'm going to start looking at brand strategy, then I'm going to start looking at a team. But actually, I feel like the most recent investments I've made in a coaching program were ones that not to the point where it shook me to my core, and I, I was worried financially, but there was some form of fear about how much I was investing. And I'm not advising that people invest more than what they can afford. It's always going to be really up to the individual in terms of where they're at in their business. But I would say that sometimes that fear around how much you're investing is potentially a good thing because I felt like when I invested in this particular coaching program, I was like, wow, that is a lot of money. I better make this work. I better make the most of it. And that was a huge mindset shift that I don't think I've had in the past when I invested in, say, a coaching course online that was free. I didn't really right. take it as seriously as I do my coaching courses now. So yeah. that would have been the biggest thing that I've learned early on in my business. Well, wish that I would have learned early on in my business.
0: I love that because it's like, how much are you willing to lose and how committed are you to your business you know you need something to push you that you look forward to and that challenges you i mean not that you should do that if you don't have the funds and be irresponsible about it but if you do and you can don't let fear get in the way if you really want to commit and really make a very significant growth or or change in your business put systems in place For me, this is a big one. This is a a, a big must, any part of the journey, but I wish I would have figured that out way earlier. Number one is, for me at least, I need a major structure in my business, and without structure, things just seem to just fall apart. Without systems in place, I felt... Very lost, like I wasn't able to keep track of anything. One of the biggest things that has helped me with through coaching, so somebody coaching me is having these systems in place to help you understand what is happening in your business, how to keep track of things. And these things that I've put in place help me really see, uh, what is going on, how can I improve, where I need to grow. And just keeping track. So some of the things that I've put in place are like finances, having a system of keeping keeping track of my numbers, knowing my numbers, knowing how much I need to survive on the most minimal basis, how much I need if I want the type of lifestyle that I dream of that I'm trying to build and keeping track of those numbers. And then the other one is just goals, like keeping track of goals, keeping track of your wins. That to me has been really good because I can look back at the end of the year. Sometimes it feels like you haven't done a lot and and a lot of it might not be tangible. It could be mindset growth, personal growth, Mm -hmm. and keeping track of those things help you remember like just the growth that you've had and the impact that you've made. And uh, just the things that you've learned. Like, it's hard to keep track of those things. So, if you do write it down, like, you really get an idea of the progress that you've made. And I think that's really, really important, especially in those times where you feel down because you're not where you wanna be. That happens to me quite a bit. So, I just look back and see all the things that I've accomplished.
1: Yeah, I love this. <laughs> it's such a nerd when it comes to systems. I think. It- half the joy of running my business is learning (laughs) to find the best system that works because efficiency is really created from having a system. And efficiency allows you to move into that flow state where you're able to really be in in a state of abundance, knowing that you've got the right grounding in place for your business to grow sustainably and scale sustainably. I love the financial systems that you have in place. I also have similar ones where in my bank account, a certain amount is taken out of my work account and into Mm. different buckets. So I think in Australia, I'm not sure if this is the same in the States or anywhere else as well, but we have one type of account where we can kind of separate it out into mini accounts. So I have set up these mini accounts, different ones for different things like what I do at my home, like for the home or for like play and fun. And I have an account for my family, an account for taxes. So as long as every month, a certain portion of what I make is going into those buckets and filling it up accordingly, I feel like my finances are always in on track. And whenever it comes time to pay the bills, I'm not scrounging around looking for Mm-hmm. spare change, I'm actually going directly into my bills account because I know that's been planned to have a certain amount come in to pay whatever bill I need to pay. I so love having it. that feels so good and yeah, it has helped me so much because sometimes when you run your, when you're the only person at the head of your business, if you're the business owner, it can feel really scary to have all of that responsibility to manage your finances, especially when your salary changes and is variable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like working at a full-time job where your salary is sustained or consistent for a period of time. So that's certainly helped a lot. And the second thing that I've put in place, which I'm so excited about, <laughs> is just having a great system for working with my clients. So from the start, okay. onboarding, all the way to offboarding, I've been really tweaking this process and making it as automated, but as personal. So there's always a, a balance. I use Dubsado to really capture as much information at the start of the process. So anything like emails, um, booking a time for a discovery call, all of that is somewhat automated so I don't have to step in every time and create or write an email from scratch. Uh, and then everything in terms of the project is organized using Asana. So we keep all our emails related to a particular part of the process within particular tabs in Asana. Well, not particular tabs, but particular items. And so when it comes to searching for communication, it's really packed mm. into the right place. And it's just saved me so much time. So I think processes are amazing and yeah. it has helped so much.
0: This is I could talk about systems <laughs> all day. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I have a question about your bank thing because I always thought, so we don't have, at least my bank does it, I would love to have folders almost like Mm. that i could within that account that i could designate a specific amount for different
1: things is that what you were talking about yeah yeah except they're not folders they're still standalone accounts but they're all linked up to my account name i guess so when i go into my account name i can see like all the different accounts that's linked to it okay In Australia and you can have the ability to set up a multiple like multiple accounts under your name so I've just gone ahead and done that for like every area of my life and it's the same areas of my life that correspond to my vision and my goals so when you're setting goals you want it to really be able to flow That's out so into cool. different areas of your life. So if it's home, if it's health and wellness, if it's spiritual spirituality, like see if your bank allows you to set up multiple accounts under the same account name. Oh my
0: gosh. But do you pay for those individual accounts?
1: Uh, so with ING, there's no fees with those accounts. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. So That's amazing. Yeah. But they all have its own account name, right? Like Because they're individual accounts.
1: Yes, yes, they're individual story. accounts, but when you log into your system, you're able to see them yeah, all everything. together. And then you can transfer money fairly easily throughout between yeah. accounts as well.
0: But I do wish that I could have like just like subfolders for my account and then just yes. like drag that. Anyway, that, that's really cool though. I never
1: thought of doing that. So this is another thing that we wish we would have done sooner in our business. And that's all around content creation for our brand and for our business. Um, and I know for myself, I actually started doing this probably before I even started my business. But I think the way that we're speaking about this is a little bit different. So to give a little bit more context, when I first started uh, my blog, It was more of a hobby blog because I was really interested in mindfulness and wellness. And so I was creating a lot of blog posts and content back in the day. So this was maybe like six, seven years back. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was great because it allowed me to just play with the idea of what content creation looked like. But then I think what I would have done sooner when I was starting the business was actually creating content that was going to be less Just for my own personal, uh, enjoyment even though that is really important. But I needed the content to really be connecting with my ideal clients. And I know that for the first maybe few years of my business, I was really just going about my day posting images of my travels to Instagram or like my trip to Italy, making pasta, like eating sushi. (laughs) Like all of these things that I loved about my life were going into my business profile on Instagram. And I think one of the things I would have loved to do a little bit earlier is actually reframe that and kind of start from thinking about, well, what would people get from that content? It's great that people understand my lifestyle, but I felt like I didn't really come out and stand in front of my business until maybe two years ago when I actually started to think a little bit more about the type of content I was creating Mm. and the impact it was going to make for my ideal client and how it was going to help them almost reframe some of the mindsets and shifts that they may have needed to make before investing in working together with me. That would have been something that I would love to have done sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I think I feel that now where obviously we're more aware of what our ideal client needs. I wish that I would have not been so afraid. Mm. I think fear held me back so much Mm. and I would have to say, I mean, even now, of course, I have like doubt and insecurities around the type of content that I share. But before that, even last year, it's not that I wasn't sure what to share. It was more about imposter syndrome. And my fear was who am I to be talking about these things and why would anybody care? So there was a lot of lack of self-confidence and a lot of fear of making mistakes Mm, and fear of not being seen as I, as I want to be seen. And that started changing a little bit. I mean, I I'm still growing into this, but, and I think it's going to be an ongoing process because I feel like, I mean, I believe that the more that you do it, the more comfortable you get, just like, How six months ago, I was very uncomfortable or even like a year ago, I was very uncomfortable with being on camera. And now just challenging ourselves and myself to, to talk about things and not being afraid of making a mistake. Yes. It it just helps, you know, like we've done, we've done a few lives now. And it's not that it's that I'm super comfortable, but it's, I guess, sitting in the discomfort of knowing that it's totally fine to make a mistake, because this is how we learn. And this is how we grow. And this is how we um, get comfortable in our own skin. Mm. You're making mistakes along the way, you're finding your own voice, and you're trying to figure out what are the things that you really enjoy talking about? And what is it that people really are Mm. sort of connecting with? I do wish I would have done that. And I would have not let fear hold me back so much that I was just so scared of like judgment. And I think, you know, we all feel that way. And But don't let it hold you back so much that you freeze up and you let time slip by and you don't allow yourself to grow. I think that was the biggest thing. Like I didn't allow myself to grow because I was so afraid. I was like very tightly, like holding Mm. on to everything I wanted to be. And this year I was like, I will not like, Let that happen anymore. I'm going to challenge myself. I want to be comfortable with video. I want to share my voice and who cares if, you know, nobody agrees or whatever. I'm sure
1: there's plenty of people that do. So don't make that same mistake. This is huge because I know it definitely also held me back a lot in terms of overthinking about the type of content that I needed to put out there. And I know that we've spoken about this in so many of our previous course together, (laughs) just about the idea of like all the content that we're hoarding. Like I've created like carousels and like maybe 30 to 40 different Instagram posts. Which never made it to Instagram. Oh like gosh! Right, and it's like there's a lot of work that have has gone into Instagram posts where something kind of held me back, and I didn't feel like I could post it, or I was thinking, oh, it's not the right time, or this is gonna this is gonna look funny on the rest of my grid, and people aren't gonna resonate with that. I feel like I've moved into another aspect of my business now where trying to be perfect and trying to get everything done properly is just not, it's it's not going to help us grow in our mm-hmm. business. It's actually going to hold us back because we're going to be spending all our time perfecting things and we're not going to be able to actually implement the things that we've learned and the things that actually need to move us forwards. And I think when we're stuck in that perfectionism, it's actually like a form of procrastination. For me, it was a huge form of procrastination. And the other thing I noticed is that your business is always going to be evolving over time that's just the natural part of it so whatever you create today may feel a little bit weird by the time you post it tomorrow because you'll be like oh I've moved on with that like I'm no longer talking about that particular topic anymore it's almost like yesterday's news but that doesn't mean you don't post it it doesn't mean that you don't um, schedule it in so it just becomes part of your content because over time you'll get feedback. The whole purpose, well, one of the purposes of sharing the content is so that you can connect with people and find out what they enjoy seeing from what you post. Uh, and then you create that community and the conversation around that that nurtures your brand and the greater community for the better as well. So by holding our content back, we're really holding our businesses from moving forwards, but also holding the impact that we can have on other people as well. Yeah. So, yeah. It was huge. And I think just standing in that space of being like, it doesn't feel right. As you were saying, it feels uncomfortable, but then doing it anyway means that the next time you get to that same place of having to show up on camera, the discomfort is going to be slightly less than it was the previous time. You're going to be like, ah, oh, I love that, you know, I can breathe when I'm talking. Like, this was like a huge thing. I didn't breathe properly for the first few Instagram lives that I did, right? I, I was like breathing afterwards. But then now I'm like a lot more comfortable. And that just takes practice and takes time.
0: Yeah, like anything. I think it's the unrealistic expectation that you're going to, that you're going to perform as a lot of people that you see that have been at it for so long when you haven't even taken the first step. And that was my problem. I hadn't taken step one and I wanted to be at step 20. And it was so Mm. unrealistic. And it's like, what? Like everyone has to go through this discomfort and learning the platform and learning the tools and learning how to all of these things. We all have to do that if we really want to be out there, if we really want that. Another mistake that I think I made while growing my business was not narrowing down my ideal clients sooner. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really know how much the impact of being specific was going to be. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling overwhelmed and confused about what to even offer and what to even share in social media. I thought I had an idea. I thought I, ha- I was clear in my head, but I remember saying, I want to work with creative entrepreneurs. You, you need to be more specific so that mm. you can really speak to those individual people and their goals and their struggles. Whereas if you just are so general which was my problem because I was getting inquiry calls from all kinds of people asking about all kinds of services. And I was getting really Mm. frustrated because they did not want to invest in their business in a way that was going to
1: just committing to it. Absolutely. And that's been key for my business as well. Um, I think for me, it was probably something that I needed to get clearer on as my business was evolving, because that was something that I felt like I had somewhat narrowed down my ideal customer, but I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. And it wasn't done in a way where it was sustainable for my growth. I think the main thing that I probably didn't do at the very beginning when I was starting my business a number of years ago was really understanding not just about their struggles which I think was a huge thing because it wasn't about understanding just their pain point but it was understanding about what they really wanted or what they desired and how I was able to help them get there. So that was something that came more later in the process for me that I wish I would have understood very early on. So I would say for anyone who is in that stage of business where they feel like their ideal customer is not someone they understand a hundred percent, really ask yourself whether you understand the journey that you want to bring them on. Mm -hmm. How are your services and offerings going to really take them from where they currently are to where they want to be in their business? Because this is really key. And the other thing about this that I think made a huge difference to my business was actually understanding how valuable your ideal customer is in terms of the amount of joy that you have working in your business and the Mm. amount of pleasure and purpose that you feel. Because choosing your ideal customer really defines the relationship that you're going to work with people. So if your ideal customer is someone that is very short on time, they don't have a lot of space in their business to like negotiate on how much time a project is going to take, how deep you're going to go into a project, you're going to be doing projects that are going to be very quick and maybe surface level. And maybe for that, for your business, that's exactly what you want. And that's how you work best. But I know for me, my customer is someone that loves going into the depth and exploring things with intention. And there's a consciousness behind the process and a appreciation for that depth. And so that really brings out my purpose and the way that I love working. The ideal customer that I have is also someone that really values, and this is a huge one, is that they're aligned with many of my own values in terms of how I communicate. That's why for me, it was really interesting, not just about the business and the offerings, but it's really about how I wanted to work in my business and what brought me most joy. And also, if you're looking at an ideal customer doing the work with a brand designer or brand strategist you're really looking at that longer term vision yeah. of how that scales and grows with your business so you really want to be positioning yourself in front of the people that you know is going to help you continue to build your business sustainably for me, that was a big issue when I first started my business because a lot of the people that was coming through similar with Donahue is they had varying budgets. They wanted so many different things and I wasn't really being able to double down on any skill that was going to make a big impact. So the more you're able to double down on the skills that you're really great at and your strengths, you're able to deliver more value over time because you're just getting better and better at what you're doing rather than dispersing your skills and learning a whole bunch of different things which probably won't serve you as well and your growth is going to be a little bit slower to get to the next level in your
0: business. You said so many really good things, which one of the ones that I feel super passionate about is aligning your ideal client with your values. I talked about this on the, in July, did a little presentation about how if you're confused about who your ideal client is and it, you haven't really narrowed it, narrowed it down, you're not sure. Um, look at the people that you've worked with, the values that you share. That's definitely something I did not do at the beginning. I love that you said that because I just, I don't think it's talked about enough about how your ideal clients should reflect the values yes. that you hold as well. And how do they fit into our overall, uh, vision and purpose? Yeah.
1: And yeah, so those were some of the things that I guess we would have loved to have learned a little bit earlier in our business that I think would have really made a big difference. So hopefully that was helpful for you and you were able to take a few tips away from the conversation. So just in closing, we would love to share each from each of us, one of the things that we would recommend for you to take action on today that will help you avoid these Mistakes and little pitfalls um, to help you move forward in your business. So, for me, my biggest action would be to really align yourself to the point where you feel comfortable around investing in your business in a way that is going to make a big difference. So, it will require a little bit of research. It may feel a little bit scary and it's going to take you away from maybe the cheaper options that you might have done in the past. So, look for something that is going to be that's going to make a significant impact in your business and create a plan for how you can make that investment true for you from where you currently are. So it might be about saving a little bit of money towards that investment every month um, or developing some sort of payment plan that you feel comfortable with. But that's definitely something that I would recommend. So this could be either working with a course, uh, a coach, or taking a course that you've really wanted to do for a long time because that is going to help up-level your mindset, your beliefs, and really shift you forwards. Donahue, what's your biggest takeaway that someone could take action on for their business?
0: For me, it's going to be around creating content. So mm. I would say do not let your fear freeze you up to the point that you're not putting your voice out there because there are people who are going to connect with you. You're going to build trust with people. You're going to find your own voice. And just being okay about making a mistake. I would say just take action on sharing your voice and let people in. Because people are going to fall in love with our own person when you're working with people. This is how you connect with people. So. I was going to say, if yes. you're afraid of being on camera, download Marco Polo. It's free and just use it to practice being on video, talking on camera, listening to your own voice, seeing your own face. You don't have to send it to anybody. Just keep it for yourself. But it's just a great tool to get you practicing uh, just talking
1: and sharing your ideas sometimes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Donahue. Well, we've had such an amazing time speaking about all the things we would have loved to have learned in our business a little bit earlier. And we can't wait to make more of these. So please stay tuned for the next episode. That takes us to the end of another episode of the Brand Journey Podcast. If you loved this episode and got some valuable insight from it, Make sure you hit the subscribe button and follow us over on Instagram at The Brand Journey to keep up to date with our newest episodes.
0: And you know what would be absolutely amazing? If you left us a review so we can support more business owners like you on their journey for crafting a conscious and visionary brand. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time. (laughs) I'm snapping instead of (laughs) crafting. That was a good one. Yes. Like
1: it.
0: Oh, sorry. I have notes. <laughs> okay. I feel like I've been talking nonsense. So, na- not narrowing down. Ugh. Hold on.
1: <laughs> like, what happened? Hold on. I, I, mean, I had another point to make, but I have lost my train of thought. Something about. um and that is all the mistakes or things that we get we would have and those there's uh, there's no more mistakes these are all the ones we've done (laughs) those are all that's it that's it